This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hoflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Jeremy Cobb, but Daisy calls me Eggbon Yin Yin, keeper of the secret squeaks, the most stoic lemming. Uh, for for more context, go check out Daisy's podcast, Left Foot Forward. You may be, yeah. you can get a little more Eggbon Yin Yin in your life. Can we get that one more time? Because it was exceedingly cute. <laughs> Eggbon Yin Yin, keeper of the secret squeaks, the most stoic lemming. Oh, is this uh, is this a Wonder Home? Thing? Yeah, this is a, a sounds, Wonder Home character that I created. Sounds Wonder Homey. Yeah, and yeah. I remember you going on a Wonder Homey uh, uh, thing. So yeah, uh, uh, and that's Daisy's a Wonder Home pro, uh, podcast. Eggbon and Yinyin, by the way, are Yoruba words that have to do with snow and ice. I, I found them, I think, in a Google search while we were recording the episode. <laughs> I think I was like, just <laughs> oh typing God, away. I was like, on the fly! <laughs> like, okay, okay, I've done, lemmings, all right. I've done that a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I won't say when. Um, anyway, we... Uh, Typing frantically to try and remember your own name. Yeah, like, yeah, what is yeah, my yeah. Twitter... Uh, it's me, Jasper William hey, Cartwright. William Cartwright. And uh, what's the thing I normally say? Let me just quickly listen to an episode. Uh, and I'm joined today by... Um, <laughs> No, but we are joined today by a special guest. Um, I'm very excited to say that we have the creator of the Umbushi Comics and the host of the Flawed Workshop podcast, Nancy Art Music. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. The crowd is going crazy. (laughs) Totally. Uh, We once again have the feed up to our stadium of fans. They are, it is pandemonium right now. I'm waving politely. I'm very excited to be here. I'm bowing. I'm very, you did the, you did like the Queen's wave. They all picked up the princess wave. They're all doing it back now. I've been living in the UK a bit too long. I think, yeah, it's about time. This is just how I wave now. This is just (laughs) how you wave now. It's barely (laughs) perceptible to be honest. You've gone to too many Queen royal processions and just (laughs) (laughs) seen the royal wave oh my god this is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons (laughs) full prince vibe (laughs) this makes them even more black cake glitches and bitches lands in the cusp of a teaspoon on a nat 20 you think this is just a game into something real big now. Yeah. 
If you if you watch if you watch any uh, like Queen celebration, any Jubilee uh, on the TV, in the background always you will spot Nancy there somewhere. It's like yes. the Where's Waldo now. Anything for like the last like ten years, Nancy has been there in the crowd. Yeah, and I'm I'm wearing like a tiny purple hat. If you ever want to spot me, and I yeah, I'm just there. <laughs> what is it like style a tiny hat witch's hat? Yeah, that's yeah, what is it, is it like a pointy hat, hat, a top hat, bowler? It, the, it's interchangeable. Uh, they're always very small. Uh, it's either like a birthday like party cone kind of hat, uh, or yeah. um, mm. like a like a stove top, um, like yes. one of those hats too. But very small. Oh, oh, I love that. A tiny yeah. stovetop just. Yeah. Set on top In of the center yeah. or off to the side. Yeah, it's like, got to be a skew, right? Yeah, oh, it's got to it be slightly askew. Yeah, oh. it, it, like it, after a couple of pints, it, it's askew. <laughs> uh, okay. You can tell exactly how drunk Nancy is depending <laughs> on how askew <laughs> the, 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 the angle of the hat. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should do that for real life. That, that would actually like, be like a really helpful that, thing. Yeah, when, you get show. To, when the hat gets down towards your ear, your friends know you need to go home. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> I wonder if there's somebody that will. I'll start a Kickstarter. We'll do something. I'll figure out the technology later. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start the Kickstarter first, and then we'll and yeah. then we'll work mm. out how it works. Mm-hmm. Once we get the uh, money, we'll, once we, we get get the money, money to do the research. Once Did you guys ever money. play Sonic uh, Adventure? I think it was Sonic Adventure 2, specifically. Did either of you ever play that game? I think no. I did, but it was like a long time no. ago. I don't remember You know anything. what? It's not Sonic Adventure 2. It's Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, That's what I'm thinking yes, of. yes, and I know that very well. Did you get? Did you ever do the, the version It was like the final mix where you could get hats? Oh, yeah. That you could get the different hats from the different worlds? Is that yeah, the- I, I'm going to look it up. Kingdom Hearts... Uh, because you always, because Sora always had like a mix. like used to get like little hats. I remember in one the, of the, I think in one of the versions you could get tiny hats to wear. Yeah, I, I remember like. this because I remember the the Nightmare Before Christmas world. You got like a little pumpkin hat and stuff yeah, like you it. could get crowns. Cool. Yeah, it was the Nightmare was Before it, Christmas crowns. where you got that. Yeah, yes. it was crowns. Yeah. That was what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this you, is this is kind of before the age of a like uh, what was it buying skins and physical like just yeah. decorations mm-hmm. for your for your character mm-hmm. on in video games and you that was never a thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Instead of pay for them with real life money. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that's preferable to me. I don't have that mm. much real world money, <laughs> but mm. video game mm. money, tons, see, tons, tons. See, I'm the exact opposite. I have no video game skill, so I'm happy to pay for the skins. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I feel like it's easier. Otherwise. <laughs> it's easier to earn video game money, though, because it's like, oh, go out and kill some chickens mm-hmm. or like get my cows back into the pen. You can <sighs> do this every day and I will give you enough money to not only live, but save a whole lot <laughs> how whole amazing lot. Yeah. would it be if just life was like that imagine like your little neighbor like lady my cat is in a tree and she just gives you like ten and you can just repeat the mission every like every yeah. day yeah. like because oh. it was just a repeatable thing that would be great that'd be so so great yeah. um Anyway, let's find out a little bit about uh, our, our one of our, our lovely guests today. Uh, we actually, you were a patron of the show. I think that was the, the first time we like spoke. Um, uh, and but you then... cancelled your pledge and we brought you on to ask yeah. you why. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so this is the real reason why you're here, Nancy. Because we noticed on the 5th of September. Uh, <laughs> we, wanted to, we need to talk, Nancy. Yeah. What well, is... the woman wasn't paying me for the cat I was rescuing. So, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's It's fair. Beulah. We, we got to go talk to Beulah, the old lady with the cat. <laughs> the problem is, is that Beulah's got a very limited dialogue tree, so having this conversation is real challenging. We're, like, we're holding Mr. Mittens with like a little tiny gun to Mr. <laughs> Mittens' head, being like, pay up! Fuck over the loot! 
We need uh, it. Put I need Patreon. a ten. I need that ten. It's probably the kind of thing that would unlock after like a hundred in-game hours. So like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's you fine. can now hold Mr. Mittens hostage <laughs> to extort more money from you. A little Xbox achievement pops up. It's like congratulations. <laughs> Extortion achievement unlocked. Yeah. If wow. the game glitches before you actually pull the trigger, then you get the achievement Schrodinger's Mr. Mittens. Oh my uh, god! Because That's you're not sure he's neighbor. both alive and dead depending on whether wow that was good jeremy taking inspiration thank you um uh, but yeah so then we ended up uh me and nancy ended up playing a game together which i dm'd uh, which was very very fun we did like a little thing where some of the patrons got to come along and i did a little one shot which was great fun that was the the game where i think everyone rolled multiple sevens and not just like multiple sevens like it was like in a row both modified and like natural sevens it was Truly, truly bonkers uh, how many sevens were rolled. Um, and Dang. then uh, Nancy invited me to uh, to be on the your podcast. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Because uh, that would be kind of cool to, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Flawed Workshop podcast uh, came about when I basically was going through a creative creator's crisis. Um, and uh, I kind of... I realized that most of my life I wanted to be a musician, but it wasn't happening for some reason. Um, and I was like, why isn't this happening? Let's see. Let's examine the situation. I haven't made any music in 10 years. That's probably why. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I kind of just analyzed the whole situation and tried to figure out what it was that was stopping me from it. And it was like a bunch of stuff like procrastination, time management, and like uh, just perfectionism and self-doubt and imposter syndrome all combined mm. into this like um, insane cacophony of, of uh, like insecurities. I am Captain Procrastination. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And so I thought that because it's such a weird, uh, my identity was at- attached to being a musician. I thought that I can't possibly be the only person in the world that's experienced something so weird with mm. their creativity, even when they they are kind of actually doing the things that they're creative about. Um, and so the Flawed Workshop podcast came about uh, where me and my fiance, um, Alex, uh, talk about uh, basically the, struggle, the struggles that creatives go through to pursue a creative career um, and whether that's emotional and kind of based on what you want to try and do inspiration wise or sometimes the business side of things and managing things like social media can all be very tricky and scary um, to navigate. And um, so that's how the show came about. Um, and it's been going really well. We've had some really lovely people, of course, Jasper William Cartwright, and um, terrible guest. <laughs> he really flubbed it. It was bad. <laughs> like it was real bad. He was just super arrogant the whole time. Oh my God. The yeah. listens for that episode were really high, and then after everybody just stopped listening. Yeah, to the show. Oh, <laughs> like, no, not after that guy. It was probably because actually it was really, really good. And they're like, you know what? We had, I don't want to ruin this. Um, <laughs> by listening to- <laughs> yeah, that was it for the Flawed Workshop podcast. <laughs> well, this is going to be the peak for Three Black Halflings. So uh, I'm, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's good. It's great to have you on. And um, obviously we played a TTRPG and I'm interested to know, like, when did you first get into TTRPGs? We have to ask you the origin story question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what was that for you? When did you first start? Was it was it something recent or or? Have you been, are you like a long-term OG? It was February 2020. Um, nice. Mm. And the reason I the remember uh, is because uh, like uh, 
again, Alex and I came back from a, a trip. Like, it, it's impossible that anyone did any traveling in 2020, but um, this was just before everything kind right, of exploded over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so he'd always kind of wanted to play. And we, like, obviously, there's a bit more exposure about um, D&D and pop culture with like Stranger Things and, and like a couple of other things um, kind of going on. And so Alex, like we decided we're not going to spend any money on anything else. We had a trip. We went to Amsterdam. It was lovely. But now we want to save up and just like buy some things and, you know, whatever. Hmm. Um, then like I think a week or two later, he bought the like the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's Handbook, um, like basically the starter set and everything. And I was like... This isn't saving money. What have you done? <laughs> so I wasn't actually even really on board. Um, he, I was like, we won't even find anyone to play with. Um, we, which he's like, I'll take care of it. He messaged uh, some people on Reddit. We all came together and happened to live like close enough to each other, and it wow. was perfect. And we're still playing to this day. Um, Whoa! Which is insane because I, I just hear horror stories of people just like hopping from group to group and trying to figure mm. out who mm. matches their play style and like I- i've been thinking this for a while there needs to be like a tinder for D. there needs 100%. to be like a dating app for D, <laughs> where you swipe. like just really yeah, like where you could like list your play style and, and then it will automatically just match people who like want a more chaotic rp heavy game mm. or like mm. a super crunchy numbers game and like are you a dm or a player and it will just kind of like match you with people you can talk to them for a bit and be like nah this nah this guy seems yeah okay <laughs> do you know what i mean and then maybe if it works then you like join the game like, or something the dms get all these like all these uh people are shooting them character picks without them asking like unsolicited yeah, character yes. picks yeah, yeah, and yeah, campaign yeah. requests <laughs> Uh, the poor DMs are just getting swamped by people. Absolutely swamped. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should like. How many DM- players can you take in your game? <laughs> <laughs> well, before uh, Jeremy takes this anywhere any more sexual than it needs to be, I started it by comparing it to a dating app. So uh, <laughs> it's my own fault completely. Um, but uh, but that's dice cool. picks, I think- unsolicited dice picks. Yeah, Ooh. there we go. I knew it was coming. I knew okay. it was coming. Do you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. That, that actually sounds really dice. good. Oh, I would love me. dice. Yeah, picks. actually, that one's probably pretty nice. Yeah, I would. I would be kind of cool. Dice, dice are cool. Like if you have unique dice, you can send pictures of your dice to us. That's fine. I saw Yo, one. Just send us dice. 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 Just want <laughs> D I C E E. It's really important that we yes. we want to stress the E here, <laughs> and it's not the key either. <laughs> I saw a really cool D twenty on Amazon, of course, um, and it mm. comes in. It like has water inside and there's an eye in it that moves Whoa. around so when you roll it it like there's a this pupil just like shoots up and looks at you whatever Whoa. the number is on top it's <laughs> so cool it's so cool that's, that's really cool, cool. the that's amount really cool. of like etsy dice in my basket and at amazon is just it's terrible i think i have like yeah. 400 quids worth of dice that if i like checked out would have just it arrived would be on my a doorstep. bad thing to do yeah, yeah like i would, feel like it'd be that eye die would be so distracting though you look at the you're trying to look at the number but it's the thing is looking yeah. back at you <laughs> and you're like um it's sorry uh, uh, my patron is talking to me what? the whole time i'd be just like <laughs> yeah. what's like what number is it what, gonna land is, on can yeah, i make it yeah. crooked <laughs> that's uh yeah dice uh i i i uh haven't yet kind of 
allowed myself to get into Dice, mostly because I think that my loving fiance would be like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's enough of those dice. No, thank you. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, you don't need any more. You have well, plenty least, to play uh, with. <laughs> at least you didn't get tempted into making your own. I bought some resin and mica powder and the whole shebang. Whoa. Um, and Whoa. then I made 1d20 and a d6. But um, because resin can be uh, can uh, kind of emit vapors that uh, you should be protected against, um, I was very hesitant. So you should be, uh, if anybody's making anything out of resin, you should be in a very well ventilated area and ideally be wearing mm. um, like a respirator with cartridges that can do like vapors and stuff. Um, mm. So when I did my two little dice it was because i was really impatient and i i didn't want to wait for the respirator so i was kind of outside on my balcony um oh, but like with a, like a like a uh just like my regular face mask that i wear on the train or outside and i was just kind of like arms outstretched trying to pour in the resin and because it sounds like something i would do it's, because it's uv resin it also started curing as i was pouring it out of the bottle and because it was a really oh, sunny no. day so i was like oh god i need to do this quickly and also without breathing any of it in it was like oh, it was oh a my god on panic and so I haven't touched it since because I, I decided not to buy the respirator because I'd like yeah a whole bunch of stuff is just mm. going on and but yeah I will eventually get it and I am terrified for what happens to our house because it will be filled with like really terrible dye that don't even work <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever get the dice like did you finish them or did, did you get it out yeah 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 um I have it uh, like but it has like an air bubble in it despite <gasps> that it rolls surprisingly well, um, and it's like really cool. It's like clear and with like little bubbles on the inside, which are of course totally intentional. And, yeah, um, for sure. artistic yeah, choice. Artistic exactly. choice. Um, and it's got this like sort of glittery powder on the outside. It looks really, really cool. I just wish that I got the respirator so I could make them actually look proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I uh, that reminds me. Uh, we did a show once, and uh, it was like at my college, and th- we. We had like stuck a floor down with this like double-sided sticky tape that was like industrial Ooh. but like to the actual like theater floor and then like on the get out we were basically ripping this flooring up and all the tape just stayed down and so they bought in like a bunch of uh this like alcohol rub basically to try and get it off and my word there was about 30 of us in this room just willy-nilly chucking this alcohol rub everywhere and after too long we were literally sat there like Whoa! Oh, I'm so high right <laughs> Like we were all so giddy. We were also like all like sixteen or something. So like we oh. hadn't really like drunk or you know oh, mean anything gosh. before. So and the teacher was just sat there like, what the hell have See, I that, done? That's oh, another bad good idea. use for for those those little hats that I was talking about. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The teacher would have seen the hat starting to move and been like, everybody out, everybody out. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been great. Um, yeah, no, I think I the Three Black Halflings has plans to make dice, but we will definitely be getting a professional to make them. Uh, so that <laughs> we, we will don't... be making them yeah. on our own. <laughs> uh, no masks. <laughs> in, oh, God. In poorly ventilated rooms. No, no, we definitely believe in masks at Three Black Halflings. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Pro masks with COVID, masks. but anti-dice anti masks. Just yeah. let the resin fill your lungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it. IQ points you lose. You know what? You make up with them. You make for make up for them with the die itself. With the yeah. numbers exactly. on there. And exactly. if you make skewed ones, you roll nat twenties all the time, and that's worth yeah. it. <laughs> oh well.
<laughs> what a shame. What a shame. Uh, but speaking of Nat 20s, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, um, we uh, were having a little think about what we wanted to talk about today. And we were thinking, why not dig into a little bit or talk a little bit about 5.5? Because that mm-hmm. announcement happened. Um, we It's coming. It's off for like three years. It's a long <laughs> way off. Yeah. Which I guess means that 6th edition is like... 10 years away, right? Like, we're not getting a, a sixth edition anytime soon um, if that's coming in three years. So, um, mm-hmm. I guess, why don't we kick off? Let's go around. We'll have our... Uh, do you want to go... You you could choose, actually, whether you want to go first or last. We'll do, like, a little top-line one... The thing that we're most excited for. And Can then we we'll roll like initiative it. to see who Ooh. goes first? Ooh. Very good. I'll use my big... I've got a very big... I've got a big dice that I got sent by... Wizards, Ooh. which was I don't often use because I'm a bit terrified of it. Ooh. I roll. I've also when I practice roll this thing, I I, I roll a lot of ones. So okay. <laughs> like, do you I'll have a, Do you have a die ready, Nancy? Uh, I have a digital one. I've asked Google to roll for me. I rolled ah, a okay. three. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I rolled a natural one. Whoa! Yeah. Okay, so I'm on my first. Black Lives Matter die. Oh damn! Oh, <laughs> oh damn! Yeah. Um, that's a shame. That's a real shame. Well, uh, my big dice came through with a humble twelve. Oh, um, okay. So I will, I will take that and say that I am uh, very excited about having more in-depth. I'm very uh, hopeful. I should say sorry because I don't know this is going to happen. But I'm very hopeful, and I would, I would really, really like to see some more in-depth social mechanics. That's Ooh. my like top line thing that i would like to see nancy what is yours um i would like to this is also just hopping on something i heard somebody else say but it, it totally makes sense i would love an archer type class or something mm. like that mm-hmm. oh like sure like a whole class like a whole okay mm-hmm. nice and all archery like basically all, all about ranged range? melee yeah attacks. like all range stuff well, yeah, yeah like okay. a squishy squishy little guy with like a uh, like a big bow, oh, lots of different yeah. kinds of like arrows and different arrow effects, and like they could potentially be magical or they can be a little bit more tinkering based. That would be so cool. Mm. Mm. Nice, like a like a non ranged glass cannon, like mm-hmm. excuse me, a non magic mm. caster glass. Yeah, cannon. like a bit like a bit like a like a rogue, but ra- like a ranged like mm-hmm. a like a rogue. Yeah, like, a, like a, a even more so. Like you could go mm. d six. What if you went Whoa. D6 with a martial class? I would need some big up upgrades. I need to be doing slinging a lot of damage at range to be to, oh, to yeah. suffer a D6 damage for yeah. a, mar- <laughs> D- a D6 uh, hit points for a martial class. In Dang. my head, I was kind of thinking that like this archer would have like all these like really just all sorts of different kinds of arrows and they could specialize in like what their arrows eventually do. They could be like bonded to a weapon and like it's, this is all like potentially flavor, but I think it would be really cool to kind of just have some sort of mechanic for like an insane archer who like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people Mm. are connected to their swords and like that sort of thing. If they're paladins, Mm -hmm. that would be really cool for an archer. Like almost like a Yondu type. If you've watched any of the the galaxy where he like whistles with the little, exactly, you know, a bit like that kind of thing, like a real kind of bond with the, with the range ability. I like that. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, what is your top line? What are you most, uh, what do you want to see? What are you most hopeful for? 
Um, I think the things that I get most excited for in any new D&D release, uh, is if they include new races. I'm always, I love, I love just yeah. getting a bunch of races to play. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see the direction in which they continue to take that, like mm. th- not just adding races, but how they're approaching races. Because, uh, I don't know if you all have been looking at the most recent Unearthed Arcanas, but there's been a move now, all of yes. them. It's like, you Same can either yeah. put two in one, two in one stat and one in another, or mm. one in three. And I was like, oh, dang. Like, they really leaning into just getting rid of racial bonuses, uh, racial ability score bonuses, that is. Mm. Uh, and to see if they continue to start moving towards lineages, how they're going to uh, approach that going forward. And mm. I would also like it if they would go back and maybe redo some of the subclasses for some of the stuff, because they're... Because they suck. <laughs> there are some <laughs> subclasses that just suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> what like, was it the, uh, was it the battle armor or whatever Oh, the was? battle rager. Battle the battle rager, rager barbarian. barbarian. My god, it was so bad. No good. <laughs> oh, and the, the constantly disappointing one, the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The Storm Herald? With oh, the coolest yeah. name, and then uh, just way of the meh. four elements, monk. That oh, needs a rejig. Don't get me for... started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way of the Sorry, four Jerry, elements. That was one of the monk. funniest. That was one of the ge- like most genuine things you've ever. Do not get me started. Like I'm actually being serious. Don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel strongly about. Uh, the way of the four elements, monk, and also just monks in general. I think mm. they could do some stuff to make the monk class better. True. I think they could too. Let's well, let's stick with the thing that you said slightly earlier because I think that's a a very good talking point, and I think it showcases a lot of where where they could potentially be moving. I think with this five point five, which is that you're right to point out that like a lot of the new releases have referred to lineages instead of races. Uh, A lot of it's 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 a lot of it seems to be about customization now and really finding differences between, um, you know. the idea that you could have elves that play mechanically very different as well as flavored very differently Mm -hmm. Um, allowing for more diversity within the races within the game what a surprise that sounds like a great idea Um, Mm -hmm. so like I guess sticking with that yeah what do you guys expect do you think they're going to gonna call them lineages I mean I really wouldn't be surprised I don't think like or that you'd have or, or potentially that they introduce this is what I I wouldn't be surprised if it like if they have races, but then within the races they have lineages. You know what I mean? So then there's yeah. these, um, fl- like instead of like uh, it just being like a different race of elf, it's like elf, and then you have like the different lineages are like dark elves and mm-hmm. drow, and so the idea being that they're not you know uh, this amorphous different group of you know what I mean they're all elves, they're all you know of the same physiological makeup kind of thing, but they can vary wildly in their traditions and their you know the way they go about things mm-hmm. much like humans i guess um yeah, uh, i agree i agree yeah. i think that's i think we already i mean we saw that with the the gothic lineages recently that you can kind of use as a replacement for a race but mm. you kind of already got that also with like i think the half elf got a ton and the elves where it'd be like the mark of this like yes. the mark of this half elf and the mark of whatever that give you additional abilities that are basically tied to the fact that you it's really your lineage like you you are part of an organization or part of a group that has like brought you up in this way mm. and you have a specific mark that you were given and blah 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 it's actually if you think about it, dragonborn probably like the first 
to introduce it. The idea that you you have a different, you know, you have like yeah, a type the mark of, of healing in the mark of yeah, um, and you have different breath weapons and do you know what I mean like which oh, affects yes. the, 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 even the color of your scales and you know that kind of thing. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they uh, push that. I guess like uh, and and then I guess whether that opens the door for like a whole load of new lineages i think we've seen a lot of lineages introduced recently you know i think mm-hmm. uh so i'd be interested to know if they expand the playable you know uh things because there's like a ton of monsters and a ton of just like straight up animals you mm. know like it seems so weird that we have bird people lion people uh tiger people do we have well we can't well, no, we have cat people cat it's, peoples oh yes which yeah, bird kind people of lion people cat people turtle people rabbit people yeah we have the heron gone now yeah it kind of just feels like they should just be like and they should have like an animal folk and then mm. again different lineages Ooh, where you can basically yeah. just pick any animal and then find the closest facsimile you know, like if you're, I guess like Loxodon, right? You right. could just, if you wanted to be, but say you want to be a rhino person, you might just take the Loxodon stats and maybe alter it somehow. Maybe you could take the Minotaur's like Goring Rush uh, ability uh, for the tusks and put it in, you know, to the Loxodon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be, that could work. I um, think that makes so much sense as well, because there's, uh, I think people have been kind of trying to do this on their own when they're homebrewing mm. things or like in home games where people are just kind of like amalgamating things together and like making a Franken- Frankenstein character <laughs> with like mm-hmm. everything from like just picking and choosing. But to kind of do it in a way that's supported and officially like balanced against everything else in this sort of world is so much more it makes it more accessible and i think it also probably makes dms a lot more comfortable because they can refer to something Mm. Mm. and it's it's an easy way to them to them to keep it fair and balanced right Mm. because if you when you start homebrewing stuff there's always a worry that like you know they get in and then there's one player that's suddenly (laughs) just absolutely crushing and you like, don't oh. look at their homebrew thing beforehand and yeah, it's like yeah yeah i'm Literally, resistant to all forms of damage honestly one of my <laughs> players this is like actually legit one of my players uh said like oh can i have this like rare item said the name i didn't know what it was um uh it looked i mean he was like, oh we might need to like re work it it might be a bit too powerful and oh we're just doing like a session zero so just use it and then we'll balance it whatever afterwards this was all my own ridiculous like i should have i needed to obviously check in with this guy but like i they were getting attacked on the side of this mountain by a purple worm and the the dude just whacks out the 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 shadow fell orb (laughs) (laughs) which if you don't know it's like a dc 20 save and if you fail you just get straight banished to the shadow fell (laughs) what no! What a fantastic <laughs> item. Get out of here. That's amazing. Yeah, essentially, and I was like, they were level five or something. And I literally just, was, I looked at this dude on the Zoom and just went, in what worlds did you? But the thing is, he did, he had like some really cool backstory as to why, it, like, why he had it. And to me, like, he did justify it really oh well. Gosh. Like, he came up with like mad backstory. But I was like, get the fuck out of here. No. Yeah. As yeah. a DM, yeah. if they had a cool backstory to it, I'd just be like, yeah, 100%. I'm like, ooh, uh, this is, uh, I'm about to DM for, for like another podcast and do the one shot that I was planning. And, I uh, I've kind of just allowed I've I've not been looking in at the Discord channel for it and I'm, <laughs> everyone keeps asking me questions like Nancy is this going to be okay I'm like yeah 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 whatever yeah yeah, yeah it's fine it's oh, fine it's fine, no. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. so that's going to be fun 
I'm I'm mm. gonna predict at the twenty five minute mark. Do you go? Mm. Oh, oh damn! <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> That's my prediction. Is twenty five minutes in? You go. My prediction you. is twenty five seconds. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, uh, I I don't know if either. Well, no, Jasper, you've listened to NADPod. I don't know if you've listened mm. to NADPod, uh, Nancy, but religiously. Oh, great! So <laughs> I I, I think I think Murph was on Dragon Talk actually, and he was talking. About, they were asking like, what kinds of things have you learned by uh, as by being a DM? And he was like, I think I give my players too many powerful magic items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I need to. I do think I need to cool it on some of the things I've been giving them, especially when you give them to Emily Axford as well. Like that's <laughs> yeah. always a risky thing to do. Yeah. Uh, there's some players. I that is genuinely true though. Like there are some players I will give broken stuff to just to try and encourage them to use items more mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm like this mm-hmm. is really good remember you have this <laughs> and i know they won't there are certain players i would never give that item to because i'm like <laughs> oh i know that you are going to screw me at least once per session with this item if i give yeah. it to you so i'm not going to give it to you oh we had a home game with a dm who just kept giving everyone inspiration like partially because like it started out because like we were doing cool stuff and we had cool dialogue it was really fun and then nobody but he used it so he kept giving us inspiration he's like yeah all right cool you finished a fight take inspiration and i'm like what why he's like you won't remember to use it anyway i was like challenge accepted three hours later not use this inspiration totally <laughs> forgot about it he was 100 percent correct mm. this uh this actually really well brings us back onto the subject because one of the things that i was thinking about for 5.5 and i will go into all of everyone like what everyone else uh, said as their top line as well uh don't worry but uh one of the things I really think that they should look at is inspiration and advantage, disadvantage, because it just feels like a bit of a like, it kind of a, like too simple a tool for what it's used for, right? Like, hmm. I feel like a penalty system without it getting obviously like too horrendously number crunchy, but I think that's relatively easy. But I think just to make it a bit easier for DMs to, um, and I think some DMs are very comfortable with it, some DMs aren't, but like to make it a bit easier to hand out um a kind of plus or minus to something so like if you have a dc that's set at 15 instead of like handing out advantage because something's happening you can throw out a minus five to the dc or something Mm. or Mm. a plus five or whatever you know what i mean however it might work just as a way making it a bit more flexible and that can include um you know like saves for like you know uh, for monsters or whatever i probably wouldn't do it for the players like I'd probably leave their spell DCs and stuff where there is and maybe give the monster disadvantage. But I think for the, in terms of giving them more ways to screw with my stuff, I would be willing mm. to like introduce like a plus minus system if they came up with something cool, because I just think it's, it then increases the chances exponentially of something working because you're getting an actual addition on, an mm. addition where it's very easy to roll two ones or two, you know what I mean? Like roll mm. a sub 10 on two dice. You know yeah. what I mean? Hmm. That's that interesting. Makes... Jeremy I'd... disagrees. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I think I think that for most like skill checks, for example, you hmm. can just raise or lower the DC. I think when you start looking at saves, I I don't know. I you'd have to play test it because it sounds like it. Sure. It sounds like something that. If it might get too it, crunchy, to be fair. I think it might yeah, be Yeah, I think if we're looking at it so. numerically, I don't I don't remember what exactly it does, but I'm pretty sure adding advantage or disadvantage tends to statistically, like, raise or lower the expected number by, like, five. I think that's how they have it. Right. Um, yeah, I think actually for passive 
uh, stats. If you're traveling fast, for example, I think everybody's uh, passive perception is supposed to get lowered by five or something like that uh-huh. because it's uh-huh. it's equivalent apparently to rolling. With uh, to, I haven't done the calculation myself, but to rolling with disadvantage, yeah, it's mm-hmm. numerically equivalent supposedly. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I mean is like I think that like for some DMs I think they're very comfortable with the with like subtracting five adding five you know or like you know kind of raising or lowering the DC like in the head and things like that but I just think it's like something that uh, could make it feel a bit more accessible and not only that like just kind of just because there's, there are occasions where like someone rolls with an advantage and they still fail and it feels very, very disappointing. And maybe the player feels a bit aggrieved because they feel like, oh, well, you set the DC too high or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if there's an act, like, I feel like as the DM, it's always very nice to have a mechanic to fall back on to be like, look, I'm sorry, it's in the rules. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in those slightly like, ah, the thing didn't work and I'm sorry, but I'm not just being... Uh, mean this is this is the way it is you know what I mean I think yeah. I can, I, I can I, I, sorry go uh, ahead Nancy thank you I, uh, I think I can see it working in a way where there would be like a, a chart or something like that mm. that was published so like based on like strength dexterity constitution etc like if you know you're making some sort of save based on one of those stats if you've done something narratively that would bolster those sorts of things, then that kind of mm. makes sense. So, for example, one that kind of comes up every now and then is when we, you know, finish a big battle. If we go to a tavern and we all kind of, you know, like celebrate a little bit too hard the next, the, the following day, there's consequences for that. And then based on that, you can kind of incorporate it into the story that way. But mm. I think it would be, it's one of those things where I, I love finding all these extremely detailed, um, like, time intensive for whoever created them charts that kind of (laughs) just list all these insane scenarios some of which would never come up but they're on this chart so that you can refer to them and then like maybe against that there could be a numerical advantage or disadvantage based on something that happened in the game Mm. yeah i think just anything that makes it a little bit more accessible in that respect um i wonder though because i I have not played earlier editions of D&D, but I've heard stories of, for example, the different charts that would have to come out when calculating armor class. Uh, actually, this was also harkens back to a conversation people were having on our Discord about the way that RP functions in mm. Dungeons & Dragons. Because some people were saying that it... Uh, that it seems they wished that there were more rules specifically mm. relating to RP and they wish that it was like a more robust system. And uh, uh, somebody else was pointing out that, well, actually, the way that they do it is relatively simple and actually in some ways more, at least in terms of having th- to learn things more accessible because yeah. essentially yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. it's very soft and pliable you get to choose when you give advantage how you're going to play things there isn't a codified set of rules that's like okay if a person says this it cal- qualifies as a positive statement negative statement it adds this and this to that to this meter you have to keep track of like their agreeability score here and you have to keep track mm. here of their adversity score here yeah, yeah you, can, you don't want to turn if, uh, RP into combat like that <laughs> The thing is, you could have combat that if you started to take rules away from combat and say, no, this spell works at an unlimited range. It just does this. It Mm. just you don't have to do like because really that's what happened is they introduced a lot of rules into combat to try and be like it works in a very orderly fashion. Mm. uh, And this is and so therefore you have a structure by which you can decide things. Uh, Whereas with RP, they've left it relatively loose. Do I think you could find a middle ground? Probably. Probably. 
But I think once we start, the more charts we start introducing yeah, yeah. into saving DCs and things like that, you're mm. while it could be useful in some circumstances, then you go to a new DM and you're like, okay, do you have all the charts though downloaded? And you're like, yeah, what? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, in order yeah. to figure out whether mm. how to raise the DC or lower the DC by one or two, uh, and actually it, you can raise it by up to one uh, one third uh, oh. if you have this <laughs> specific Imagine. circumstances, oh. and the people are just like, what? Uh, what? Like, it I could cry. It could I would backfire yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, now yeah, have yeah. four charts that you need to in terms of like okay if they target the person's hand the AC goes up I have to look at the classification uh, of the size of the hand is the hand holding a weapon uh, does this piece of armor specifically yeah, yeah exactly the, the, the palm of the hand or the fingers how many fingers, fingers are on the hand uh, oh had God they goodness. previously lost fingers you, oh it's God. harder to hit people's fingers if the fingers aren't there uh, or if they indeed actually have claws rather than hands exactly Oh, that's a whole, a whole other chart. Different, yeah, it's that's a whole, whole other chart. What kind of chitin, or is it like, is it a carapace claw? <laughs> like, is it just bone claws? What? <laughs> I think I would say two things uh, for this, which is I think that like, I think the in terms of for me, in terms of the RP role playing thing, the only thing that I think needs to get complex is I would a bit more complex is I would just like to break down charisma a tiny bit more so that we didn't just have persuasion and deception basically are just the, the gamut for everything in, mm. in, 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 in RP basically uh, your entire ability to negotiate a social situation is reliant on persuasion and deception because I do think that some nuance needs to be added in in the sense that like you could do a glorious speech <laughs> you know you could give the most rousing <laughs> speech and then <laughs> suck, in, uh, suck a nat one on a, uh, yeah. on a persuasion roll and like even if your DM is a nice DM and they kind of narrate that you do this inspiring speech, but then something like happens that distracts them or, you know, I mean, like even that, I'm like, I'm like, I get it, but like, it's still kind of rubbish. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's still, mm. there should be some reward I think for your ability to role play, uh, and I think that it would be a good way of encouraging role play if there was like a mechanical benefit to you actually role playing. And again, th and I think, and then this leads me on to my second point, which is that I would not be surprised if we see a lot more very explicitly optional features mm -hmm. in the same way that was introduced within with Tasha's to say like these, like, uh, like, and I wouldn't like what I would say is like I what I think would be really cool is if D if if like they gave before the optional feature they gave like a scenario where it's like if you're a dm who finds this difficult or if you're a dm who doesn't enjoy this we might recommend using this optional feature mm. if you're if you're not a dm that you know if you're a dm that enjoys just riffing and is very comfortable with role play and all that kind of stuff then maybe you don't need these rules Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But may like, and I think that kind of uh, uh, suggesting rules in that slightly more holistic way, which is that, that you can decide how to kind of build your tool set a little bit. Um, mm. And then you can say very easily to your players, hey, I think I'm going to use these optional features and not these ones. Is everyone okay with that? And then you can have a discussion about, you know, if they've played a game with that optional feature and they really liked it, then maybe you can make a concession or or whatever it is. But I think I'd, I'd like them to approach it in that way instead of just like, ah, you can use it, you don't have to use it. But like, this is what this is for. The, the, the idea of this rule is to make this part of your life as a DM or a player a little easier. Um, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah, that sounds, that sounds, I was just going to say, like, the charts could be optional because I think 
the RP element of it is something that I think there are some DMs that thrive on like being able to narrate like and describe an environment and like the actions of their NPCs and why they took did or didn't do certain things. Mm. And um, based on that sort of thing, that's where they kind of in their heads set the sort of, you know, DC for checks and all that sort of stuff. But I think it would be what I'm kind of imagining from what you've just said about like, the options and picking something um because i don't do really well with pen and paper and i lose notebooks all the time i use D D beyond like it's my bread and butter all the time forever and i think it would be what i'm kind of picturing is this sort of like creating your dm profile uh so huh. when you make a campaign uh on D D beyond instead of um just kind of like being a place primarily for players to kind of put their character sheets and that sort of thing you can also set like uh like facts and and figures about what the the sort of what charts quote-unquote you might be using um mm. and for example if you would be doing sort of this if you would be implementing like an rp chart uh based on kind of what mm. we were talking about it would be you know they could say recommended for something like la noir or like a phoenix Wright sort of like yeah. D based campaign for example i mean that's even just like a great way of opening up like flavoring and do you know what i mean like yeah. how to you know just like a really recent like you know we talked about reskinning the other day and just like how much easier it would be if you could just be like oh there's a there's a chart which instantly ports over mm. you know uh, uh this into a different setting i think that's a really cool idea actually i love the idea of like a a setting up your like dm screen like mm-hmm. on D yes. beyond where you can pick these like optional rules and stuff oh, like that a dm screen view that's what yeah that would be exactly. amazing where you It'd see all so the passive cool. stuff all that you don't have yeah. to open up all the separate oh character my God, sheets you can see everyone's passive perceptions Ooh. you could just like yeah. all there. honestly you can see people's roles modifiers like key mod you can maybe select which key modifiers like you tend to use a lot in your games so they're like right there at the top mm-hmm. stuff like that would be really 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 helpful and i think honestly i know it's like a different company but i mean it's also kind of not i mean it, it's a it, the, the, I don't, i'm not really too sure what the inner workings or the politics of dnd beyond versus wizards of the coast are but i do feel like they would be foolish to not work in tandem for the release of this thing and really yeah. like crank the features of that because i really do think a dm screen literally mm-hmm. would be a game changer for a lot of people that i know who are like oh running a game because yeah. then you could do even stuff like you could just hit like type in the words uh, uh like water or combat water combat mm-hmm. and it would yeah. instantly come up with like the Comes rules with for the water rules. combat that do you would know be what so I mean? cool. it would be so helpful yeah. do you know what i mean instead of now i mean like incredibly uh, you're yeah. underwater you throw a lance <laughs> what is oh, it yeah, oh, shit. Like, oh, yeah. you then could see like oh okay piercing damage does not get you don't have disadvantage yeah, on yeah, attacks yeah. with piercing weapons you have disadvantage on these and oh people mm. have resistance to blood okay great and oh this is how long your air lasts it's Constitution score. Okay, great. Like that would be so much easier. I think that's actually like, you really could good. Point. Set, you could set like in-game timers. I was literally just gonna say that because Imagine. it's such a nightmare mm. to try and figure out. Like we were trying to we were thinking about this the other day because what like each action is supposed to be a second, but each round is a minute, and like technically those don't necessarily make sense. Or yeah, we it's could like be each, playing each them wrong. Act, each round is six is seconds. Six seconds, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then ten, yeah, and people do so much. It, or exactly. even 
like a timer to show you how much time not only has passed in the combat, but has passed in real life so that you can look and be like, ah, yes, this combat has been dragging. I can. Yes. Therefore, that would be I I completely agree. I think it was Mark Humes, actually, who talked about this in a Mm. video that he did on his YouTube channel where he was saying that he expects them to continue and potentially intensify their partnership with D&D Beyond. Because I think it's like I think what happened was D&D Beyond just exists as an entity like they became a company and we're like, hey, we want. Can you please license us the rights to basically sell your books? Mm. You guys get the profits like we take a cut when people have like um, subscriptions and stuff. But it's ultimately the money goes back to you guys. But we are and we because it's honestly, I don't know. Um, so many of the people that I know who play D&D got into it through D&D Beyond. Yeah. Or like introduce. Yeah. It makes it so much more accessible. Honestly. The, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, like I've I've had uh, Jade, my fiance, playing it. I've had mates like who've never played it before. I don't know how on earth I would have introduced them to this game without D&D Beyond even creating the character do you know what I mean like that's the big thing for me it's not even like even if you still prefer to sit at the table with a pen and paper uh, but like even just creating the character on D&D Beyond and then like printing it from D&D Beyond Mm -hmm. is just a game changer Mm. like it's it's like just even not having to sit there and being like okay so I have half a proficiency in persuasion my charisma is this I'm level this which means a proficiency score is like that in a Alone, I have to write down every spell on my sheet. I have to erase when I prepare different ones. Well, that's what I mean. Like if you're a wizard or something and you're preparing different spells every day, it's just like, oh man, it's like, and you have a set. And not only that, but you have to have a list of what every single spell does Mm because it's not going to be on. You don't have enough room to write it on the character sheet. So then you can only write like what damage and stuff it does. You then have to have your spell cards or a book that you have, like a notebook that you have everything written in. I've seen some people as well, like rock up with like so many different tokens you know oh, and they're yeah. like oh if i i've got like actions action this is my like action surge token so like if i use two of them then i i take them off the table and then this is my whatever indomitable token and if i yeah. and it's just like oh my god like it's uh. so many things to think about i could definitely understand the appeal like if you're if you're really used to playing like a particular class and you've you know you've got a setup and stuff and that works for you then amazing but for someone who struggles like uh you know with like attention spans and all kinds of like and mm. and fiddling with stuff on desks like there is no way in hell i would ever be able to keep like a token <laughs> system neat and orderly on my desk and remember where, where they are and not just play with them and put them back down like so yeah i think it it it's it, it's definitely a game changer in in that respect and i think um it, it's i think that the ability to um I think the giving DMs the ability to set up their own spaces, I, I really just feel like that would be, be massive. It would be absolutely massive. Even then, like, you know, just in terms of incorporating different source books and, like, being able to, at a whim, throw in not just monsters, like, you know, being like, mm. oh, what monsters are mechanical? But, like, okay, right, they're going into this area and just being able to really quickly throw to a source book you know, open it up and it will give you a list of like, oh, there's like this city which you could just straight use, you know, on the fly. Oh, here's a yeah. quick description. Bam. You know, because you typed in, you know, uh, uh, like technologically advanced 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you get some, you know, uh, all in one Hapaduke, specific view, you know, like a yeah. page where you can certainly yeah, I mean, for monsters that would be amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it's very because they already have all the categorizations for monsters, spells, magic items. You could but just even be like, like knowing, <laughs> like even be able to search by like invulnerabilities or resistances or yeah. you know, like stuff like that would just be really be amazing cool. like, on the fly on the same screen. Yes, because you can do cool. that in their yeah. monster thing where you could be like, oh, resistances, invul, but. On the that would be a complete oh my goodness complete oh, game I changer this. I want yeah. this <laughs> and initiative order and yeah. initiative Ooh, order yeah. at the top. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit! Even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh well, because. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. There are so many digital tools that I think are, are sort of missing. And I, I don't really like, I don't know. I wonder why they, they haven't been sort of created in the, the time that well, like everybody's been playing over the last year, especially on, especially online. And yeah, there are so many kind of little bits and pieces for, like even concentration for, for like spells and, uh, trying to figure out. Cause mm. I, I play in my imagination and it's even though we've got some sort of like, uh, like now we've started meeting up for games. We've got like battle maps and stuff in front of us. We've actually got like little physical tokens. Um, I've made middle, little miniatures out of clay for all our characters. Oh, and, that's amazing. Nice. Yeah, they're really cute. I was really happy with them. Um, and, and they they kind of work really well for when we put these like little tokens on them that say like, you know, magical effect or concentration. But like to actually, 
when cool stuff is happening and everyone's really good and like we're, we're all kind of clicking and describing what's going on, everyone's kind of living in, in their imagination. You kind of forget about what's uh, in front yeah. of you. And mm. I think by incorporating more digital tools, you can actually have uh, both visual prompts. And I think like this is this is like even more exciting tactile stuff in terms of like when your phone kind of vibrates or like, you know, you get a little mm. bell or something like that. A sound goes off and you're like, oh, something's happened. My concentrations are now or like, you know, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I can I can definitely speak for like having uh, like known of I don't work in that area, but having like known of like UX teams who do design for websites. Like I know that introducing new features is quite hard, I think, still in the sense that like mm -hmm. you introduce one new feature and the whole thing suddenly stops mm -hmm. working. So like I should imagine that that's probably part of it. But I'm hoping that with, you know, I don't know, three years of notice for this new edition, maybe they could roll out some new things. Because like, when you were talking then, Nancy, I was just thinking like, imagine how cool it would be you get hit by something, you whack your damage into D&D uh, Beyond, and then it buzzes you or whatever. Like it comes up with a sound mm -hmm. saying, roll a concentration check. This is the DC. That would be fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you've already said, I've rolled, I'm casting this spell. It's concentration. So it logs it a bit like where it comes up with attunement. Like it comes into a little concentration bar. Mm -hmm. So you can only have one at a time. And then if you take damage, it just immediately prompts you roll a concentration check, here's the DC. And that's fantastic because it'll take the pressure off of DMs who... So like, much pressure to they, remember that stuff. Yeah, because of course as a player you try and remember it yourself but there's only so much remembering you can do I, when you're having the best time of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like how many times, how many times on, I'm talking like professional shows, <laughs> home <laughs> games, everything, do you get halfway through a combat and go, oh, I didn't roll concentration, let me roll yeah. six. <laughs> concentration yeah. checks, right? Right now and then if i fail the second one will take off the last two rounds it's just like a whole yeah it's it's a, it you would know. be interesting i think it, what we're describing right now because uh, i was just about to suggest oh have you guys seen it in the latest season of d20 they were using tailspire so it's all an online like virtual mm. that you have the whole battlefield and you can see your characters moving around mm. uh as they're like hero forge figures and it's it's actually really really cool but i, I haven't watched it yet and i'm so excited i'm gonna like i'm uh, dedicated the next weekend to it and i'm so it's, excited it's some quality it's some quality it's a quality uh, TTRPG playing right there. Mm -hmm. But but it sounds like we're moving in a direction where we're like, let's make D&D &D a an augmented reality game. <laughs> not even just like let's it's not about the pen and paper anymore. It's about having because what we're what you're almost describing is like a video game system where yeah. like you're typing in like, OK, I press a button. It does this damage. The system keeps track of what damage was just done to you. Mm. And now it is automatically saying, hey, roll this. And there are also dice that you can roll on the website so you yeah. can set it to automatically roll content and it notifies you to the point where like it and you can even then theoretically go back a couple rounds so yeah. if you were like mm. we forgot something we go back a couple rounds yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. like it starts like it sounds like we're moving it into like a new kind of game by incorporating and it's true like what we're suggesting i don't think is a bad idea no. but it's it's yeah. it's, it's Taking, because uh, right now what we have is like D&D &D was a pen and paper RPG. All of mm. these games have been pen and paper for most yeah. of their existences. 
But now, with D&D Beyond and Roll20 and others and, well, Tailspire and other such sites, we're starting to see people moving like, oh, what if we start to incorporate technological elements that it'll calculate all of your stats for you. It'll make things a little bit more convenient. And what we're now saying is, that's great. Let's really make use of the technology. And at that point, we're not really talking about a tabletop game as much anymore. We're talking about like an augmented reality game where you now talk and then have mm. things play out in cyberspace numerically. And, you know, I mean, you can choose how much of that you want to turn on, but Mm. you can have a situation where like. You don't need a pen and paper to play D&D. In fact, honestly, it's better without it. Uh, You don't need actual mini maps. You can if that's what you prefer. But honestly, you have a website that does everything for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be a complete game changer. And it's almost like it's a video game at that point. Yeah, I think it's it's in the name of accessibility now. And I think in the in like we see it in so many things. And I can understand that there will be a lot of people probably listening to this and being like, no. Uh, and I get that. Like, I definitely understand that. Like, having a slight fear of, like, change or, you know, things being modernized in this way is slightly uh, terrifying when you in really enjoy something or you're really invested in something. So I completely hear all of those people. And I think that D&D will never disappear in the form that it's in. Do you know what I mean? If you want to, without screens, go into a dark room with candles lit and do this whole thing like this, th- then 100% that will always be available to you. <laughs> Hold and a seance. To be honest, you're all wearing robes. Yeah, yeah. Get a Ouija board out and just go ham. <laughs> the like, old do what you school did. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the earliest days. And like, the thing is, I can still imagine me doing a lot of that, like in the sense that like, I can imagine me and my, because like me and my friends, we're, we're actually planning an in-person session soon. Like in like December, we're, we're going to do an in-person session. We're like renting out a little cottage thing for like a weekend. And we're going to go down and just play Dungeons and Dragons for like a long weekend. And, and like, I can imagine we probably won't, we might play on like, uh, you know, just have D&D Beyond open for like tracking hit points and stuff. But like generally, I think we'll probably play mostly like, you know, uh, at the table. But I do think that when you're, if you're trying to increase your level of immersion, the only thing I think now that takes you out of that level of immersion, for me, is all like is like numbers, is 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 doing all of this stuff, and that's not to take the joy away from rolling dice or from calculating the numbers and doing big damage and stuff. Like you can definitely still get that enjoyment, but like if I can just if I attack the monster and I can just literally go on and be like twenty damage to click the character, and then everything else is worked out for me. Damn, that sounds great. Because that just immediately takes away any uh, lengthy process of being like, like okay, does this damage and this damage, and then you get you that you have this status effect or whatever. It just it happens. You know what I mean? It's like Pokemon. You press, you see whether the attack misses or hits. You see how much damage it does, and then the DM can narrate, or you can even have an animation that has it for you. As yeah, it's. Yeah, and I think that it, it just gives more space to the DM then to do the fun bits. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's what I would say. It's like it gives more space to the DM to do the you swing your sword and it cleaves through the thing. And do you know what I mean? Instead of like, okay, so you get a plus four. So then it's uh, if we are, but wait, hold on, no, because they had shields and so that. Okay, wait, um, and then you swing your sword and it. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just getting rid of that bit. <laughs> like, um, uh, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that um let's why don't we wheel uh, back quick to some more like kind of in-game changes as opposed to 
potential technological advancements that might happen over the next three years. Uh, yeah, who knows? In three years' time, we could all be wearing VR headsets. And I mean, you could do all of that stuff same. we just talked about, honestly. Yeah, you could yeah, do yeah. all of that right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be too, it wouldn't be too hard. It wouldn't be I easy, just... but you could do it. <laughs> yeah, it's doable. I think that, uh, uh, yeah, I'd be... Especially I, uh, the screen that's the one-stop shop, like mm, the DM mm. screen. That I would can, be, that's I very I can hear a, a, a UX designer for D&D Beyond listening to this, their ears bleeding as they foam at the mouth, like, please stop suggesting new features. We can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this has been obvious for ages, but we can't incorporate we can't it. Leave do us it. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that is happening right now, and I would like to apologize to those people. We got excited about the idea of you doing all the heavy lifting for us as DMs. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if Wizards started to partner more with D&D Beyond, they could give them more funding, they could mm. help them hire a bigger team, and it'd yeah. be easier to integrate, because there's, a, like, they, they've stopped integrating UA. I'm not sure if it was because of the workload or what, but they've stopped doing that on the website, mm. I'm pretty sure, mm. on D&D Beyond. But, like, uh, I know when Tasha's came out, it took a while for them to be able to incorporate a lot of those features just because yeah. like they're having to go back to like the code of the site. And well, it that's, that's exactly what it means. That's, that's exactly the thing, because it, it's like the bedrock of the uh, of the code is like these like wizards have these spells. And that's like mm-hmm. if that's like the foundation, everything else is built on top of that. Suddenly, when you then give some of those wizard spells to other classes, you've got to like yeah. go right back into the code and yeah. like really carefully extract like that little bit out without knocking off anything anything else that's built on top of it you yeah. know so i think that i think obviously there's there's those challenges uh, uh for wizard them I, or uh, D beyond why don't you just rewrite the code of your entire website from scratch so just to meet our demands you've Come done on. it before just do it again yeah do exactly. it again but better <laughs> D beyond beyond <laughs> beyond you know, infinity at yeah. this point i would kind of settle for just some more digital dice designs i like ooh. I, yeah. I love the little and like when they added the sound the like clitter yeah. clatter on the, the oh do you know what? that's so funny Ooh. it scares the crap out of my players because <laughs> I've re- I, now I share my sound on Zoom oh yeah uh, when we play so because like, I'm playing music and stuff and then I'll roll like I'll just be sat there whilst they're RPing and I'll roll a dice and I, for a while I had this like uh like the Nether dice or whatever it went like whatever when you roll the dice and they just hear the sound of like. What happened? <laughs> it was really quite that entertaining. That is so cool. Yes, correct. You are doomed. You yes. won't know what I've rolled until you I just narrate this thing tearing you guys apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of... Oh, here's one, a, a quick thing that I wanted to discuss with you as well, which is uh, more exploration mechanics. Yes. Uh, some proper in-depth exploration mechanics I think would be really yes. fun. I like the idea of being able to cover larger areas uh like without like doing a narrate stop narrate you know what i mean like Mm. uh, um like time cycle i think it'd be really really fun to have a mechanic where like you can either condense traveling so that you don't just do like a "Eh, you make it to the city in five days and nothing really of note happens in that time um uh, and also just like, oh, we want to go out and like look for this particular thing or like this resource or try and uncover this mystery or this thing and follow this map. And it just mm. it's something that just feels like a bit more organic. And just again, I mean, I, I think this will be a theme. A lot of the 5.5 stuff we talk about just take the pressure off the DM to constantly generate on the fly, like like a ton of new stuff, because if you realistically, if you want to have 
a really fun and rewarding uh, exploration, especially if it's urban es- uh, exploration, because my word can that get complicated real quickly. Mm. Um, it would be really cool to have some structured mechanics, I think. Because mm. like, if your players are like, oh, I'm just going to go down this side street and see if I can find you know, uh, a, a guy who has worked in the military or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, I've got to plan, a- I've got to come up with the military, I've got to come up with this guy's rank, I've got to come up with this da 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 So like, an NPC generator where you can just be like, okay. I, w- I would say it's it like even more than that. Like it's it like the idea of being like, um, uh, you know, like get the players to roll. Uh, you know, if they're looking for something particular, get them to roll like a D100 and there's just like a lot more options or or even you roll a D100 mm-hmm. or, um, or it's less about having you a table. the players come up with some of it because there yeah. are games that are, well, Wander Home would be one example where it's actually there at like the world building is collaborative. And so mm. you can have an element where you can say like, hey guys, what kind of, like you introduce like a prompt and then everybody nice. else is like ooh and you start building out elements one thing i noticed that join the party does which i really enjoy mm. uh is they'll have the other players who aren't in the seed play random npcs oh, in the yeah. scene that, to like I, fill yeah, it out really to help cool. them do things during mm. solo scenes that sounds uh, like chaos to me that sounds like it could go wrong <laughs> yeah, so quickly it could but they, it doesn't on the show <laughs> it could it, it's not something that every group i think could pull off <laughs> yes yeah, you yeah. absolutely would have issues well but, actually i, I think that's a that's a it could be a really cool mechanic right where you can maybe have like an agency score which is like depending on how well like maybe your player like your character knows like an area Mm. you can give them like a certain amount of like uh uh, like ability to affect or change the world that they're in so just again to add Mm. a little bit of a mechanical like uh, i think that exists in some ttrpgs oh i'm sure there is like you you get to choose how much influence based on your score you're allowed to exert a certain amount of influence on the world to say i want this Something like that, I think, would be really, really cool for the players to feel invested. And then if you go to, like, the hometown, it's like, cool, your agency score is five right now. And, like, the wording of that is, like, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But this and this and this is still off the table. Do you know what I mean? Like, nothing world-breaking. You can't invent items, you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe, like, each level of agency as you go up through... You know, it kind of just gives you a clear prompt of like, this is what, like, this is the kind of thing that you can feel free to generate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Feel free to generate a shop, a shop name, a shopkeeper that you know, um, but like none of the items in the shop. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, I think would be really, really fun for exploration. I actually really like that, even for like non-urban exploration as well. Like the idea of like, if you're just wandering around and someone's like, oh, I want to go out and try and find like this particular type of wood or this, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so I can make a bow and I can craft things. And I just think anything that makes that a little bit less daunting for the DM and, and the player to be like, hey, I really fancy the ability to, uh, like get into crafting or, you know, if we're going to have an artificer feel really satisfying, like a really satisfying class to play, even ranger, again, imagine how much more satisfying a ranger Mm. would be if you had more ability to really genuinely feel like you you could rule an area you could know the area mm-hmm. you could really plot out a plan a method of attack you know yeah. and all this stuff would i think come from like a healthy exploration mechanic yeah i mm. think i was kind of getting this kind of vibe from nadpod in the first campaign where like uh you know the characters would be telling each other things and like 
Moonshine Cybin would come up with like, yes, the nanorflies, this is their yeah. mating pattern, yeah. and like all this like really weird detail that Murph is taking notes. Yeah, yeah and it's like, and that can that like for for people who are kind of obviously like that group is experienced in improvisation and acting and all this mm-hmm. stuff, so like they're able to do all this um, kind of on the fly, and also there's a lot of trust in each other to, yes. to kind of play with the boundaries a little bit. And no but, one, and no one Murph says no. That means oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's not there. <laughs> and I think, yeah, something something where the that kind of agency score based on like exploration and all that. I mean, it, it also just makes sense narratively that a character from a particular place or like that is in tune with nature would be able to find a particular kind of wood, especially in their home village, and would know the mm. local shopkeeper or you know based on their n- history. Um, kind of like you know know who to go to for what things in their town um, Mm -hmm. and what kind of connections that has outside of that world and yeah I think again this is something that I think comes naturally for a lot of people who enjoy like improvisation and world building Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. it makes so much sense to actually bring that into like uh, give it some structure so that people can kind of be like oh okay i i have a framework for this and i can work from there because then i think it's like it's like goes back to that thing where certain players who like don't like rp for instance find it like i think having some sort of like more rp tools would encourage them naturally to role play more you know what i mean Mm. like Mm. if there is an rp tool and again it's like an optional thing where you can sort of say like oh i would uh, kind of a bit like um a lot of ttrpgs do where they're like oh i want to try and like uh pull on this particular thread or like you know what i mean i want to try and unbalance them um you know i want to try and unbalance them in this conversation uh and then it could give you prompts you know like conversation like you know like text prompts where you could be like i say this you know what i mean i think that like if you built in that kind of thing it would just naturally start to encourage it if that makes sense and then maybe eventually you drop that uh, when you say that, text you know, prompts, do you mean like literally a list of things that characters can say? In I'm these? saying if you were, if you were if you were going for this because I think that they are. I mean, they, you know, there's like kids D and Ds, and there's like real starter starter packs that you mm. can get for D and D now. Mm. I think for like in in the in like that respect, I'm saying what uh, what Nancy was saying there was like it's, it could be similar in the sense that it could be like if you're trying to unbalance someone, maybe you could say something like this, or you could even it could even just give you like a you know. Uh, a list of uh, of things like you know uh, of like t- to like take note of you know what I mean like if you're trying to unbalance someone like do they seem insecure about something do mm. they seem like they're hiding something you know just to, like almost like to prompt you as a player if again if if RP isn't your bag uh, or you know you don't feel particularly comfortable doing it to be like oh I didn't oh yeah I've actually noticed that you know the the, the DM keeps mentioning that they're that you know they they hide their hands mm-hmm. so maybe I'm going to mention their hands in conversation and you know what I mean like because mm. I think that again then that probably brings them into the, and they don't really have to do too much and I feel like they they probably get involved in the in the RP and in the in the in the world a little bit more um I think in a in a very similar way to what to what Nancy was saying there if you give players a very clear this is the sort of thing that you could imagine in this mm-hmm. town because you have this agency score it would naturally then i think just start to encourage that kind of play um uh b- because it's an, an enabled thing like we've we've discussed i think a few times on the show like once once wizard says you can do something like this it becomes a lot easier to do something like this and mm. i think that there's a 
part of me that kind of thinks that it, they've already incorporated it a little bit into, well, into D&D Beyond, like when you're making your character, um, they kind of have suggestions for like when they you're picking your alignment and that sort of thing. Like, oh, what yeah. does your character mm. feel about, you know, mm. if, if they're chaotic good, like, you know, how chaotic good are they and what is the source of that sort of thing? And um, I think that's actually from some of the books. I, I think it's yeah, from the yeah, actual books, the books where they, yeah, yeah. The, where they have those backgrounds and so forth. Mm. Yeah. So I think it would make sense for, for like in, in 5.5 to like expand upon that a little bit and maybe also give it to DMs as a, a tool for, or um, kind of like, I don't know, Some it makes sense to kind of incorporate it into how, um, like the RP element of it. Because um, I think people do have like NPC generators and you can kind of get a lot of these mm-hmm. sorts of tools uh, online. But I think sometimes that these characters don't have an, a lot of nuance. And so it's difficult for DMs to like expand mm. upon them for the purposes of whatever they're trying to do in the game. Um, yes. And so like an RP sort of dialogue tool of some kind would uh, could potentially be really helpful. You could have like maybe a list of intentions and or, you know, based on character alignment or something like that uh, to hmm. to go off of. And so as a DM, you're like, okay, I have an NPC that is here primarily to throw the characters off because somebody nefarious has sent him to throw them off the scent of whatever. Mm. And so you can say, okay, we know that this person is you know, lawful, like lawful evil, and they're doing this for these reasons, based on that, what kind of dialogue would they have and how would they act? Mm. Um, And this is one of those things that is dangerous because it is infinite, as infinite as people's (laughs) behaviors are. And so, yeah, yeah. it can be quite tricky. But I I love using stuff like that, though. I've used stuff like that a a lot before. I was going to ask, doesn't it seem to you that D&D might be moving away from alignments... I think entirely. Yeah, I think things are good. They never made a lot of sense to me, but I like having them, especially because I love um, Googling like toast alignment chart or like sandwich cutting alignment chart (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, So it really doesn't have anything to do with D&D, but uh, I think (laughs) it's it's really interesting. Or characters from other media sorted into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love seeing stuff like that because I think it it, like when you think about people in those, it's like putting the infinite sort of person in that kind of box. So maybe like keeping the alignments, but purely as a tool to try and uh, like categorize certain things. Um, Mm. Even though I think a lot of people, especially like the neutral thing, so many people disagree about what that means. Like what is true neutral? Like, do they not care about anything? How is that possible? Isn't that evil? And isn't that like, what kind of value system are you using to uh, like judge people with it? And that makes sense that it would eventually go away. I can imagine it becoming like an optional feature. Yeah. Alignment. You know, mm-hmm. again, like, hey, are you, do you know, do you play at a table where people want to just have like a very clear idea of like who their character is and what their moral compass yeah. is? In mm-hmm. which case we recommend using the alignment chart because it might I make it easier. I think that's what it is, kind of, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've but never I, I like, played, I think I've played in one or two games where they actually asked what your alignment was. Mm-hmm. Every other time, I don't think I've ever asked people what their no, alignment was. No, I've never, were. I've never asked for, for an alignment. But I think it, I can imagine them saying this is specifically an optional 
additional feature of the game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I think they of have it. is the thing. I think they actually. Oh, really? I, I'd have to. Yeah, I, you okay. have to check the Dungeon Master's Guide. But I think at least when it comes to PCs, yeah. I think they've said that it's optional. Mm. Um, it's less optional. I feel like for monsters, although even then, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I'd have to. I'd have to look at it. I know that there I was, are some. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, uh, yeah, the only reason that I, I think maybe uh, like it might not be quite optional is because it. Well, I, I guess it. Yeah, it depends for what part of the game because the the whole like radiant damage versus necrotic damage and like that kind of usually I think people align to like lawful evil lawful. Oh my gosh. Lawful evil. <laughs> waffle evil. Waffle evil. Waffle evil. Waffle That's evil. Yeah, yeah. Waffle is a new is a new segment on the on the alignment chart for sure. Oh yeah. gosh. But yeah. You're either waffle or your pancake. It's like it's up to you. Uh, mm. you know, I, I, never I won't see which way was, which one's the good one either. Oh, um, that's yeah, tough. I think you know, but I still think you know, like when we like like Drow, I'm pretty sure are still neutral evil. <laughs> so you the know, monsters, as yeah, the, monster, the monsters themselves. And, like, they're, they're, they're just classed as neutral evil. Uh, you know, so there's, and there's demons. Like a, that's the difference. D- uh, demons and devils. Demons are chaotic evil. Devils are lawful evil. Mm. That's huh. one of the main differences because they're different classifications of creatures demons come from the abyss devils come from hell uh and they have different alignments and then there are some spells that you can change a creature's alignment uh yeah you can like revert it back to what it used to be i think Uh, if somebody's alignment has been changed you can help them change it back uh yeah that's interesting. That, this also just like again reminds me of of Pendergast and Nadpod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. So like I, I don't know. There's because it ah oh, just this is what I love about D and D. Like these are all tools for for to enable really good and really like nuanced, wonderful, like just good storytelling. Um, and so like obviously somebody who's like lawful evil trying to. Like noticing that, like, just the story comes to mind. I'm sure this actually exists where, let's say, a devil or demon is like, oh, I see all the lawful good people just having a really nice time and everyone yeah. being really nice to them. Everyone hates me. I don't like that. I'm going to go change my alignment and so basically, an adventure. Basically, uh, Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he, he just goes, ah, oh, I'm, I'm like neutral evil, but uh, I mean, lawful good seems real fun or whatever. Or you, have, you have DMs for. Players okay, like, good. look, you've you've done too many things. You can't be lawful good. You can't be even neutral good. <laughs> yeah. It has to be some kind of e- n- neutral at best. Something chaotic neutral at best. All all I know is I am chaotic. Probably everything, I, but I know it's chaotic. That's the that's the most aligned I am on that chart. Chaotic, for chaotic. Sure. It's just chaotic, chaotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a friend who's genuinely chaotic neutral. He will just do things that don't make any sense. Like he put the the like. This is such a stupid tangent, but like he put the milk in in the fridge just like sideways on a oh, just for oh, no reason. I said, "Why have oh. you done that?" And he he was just like, "Why? What's wrong with it?" The lid is shut. It's not going to spill. And I was like, that's true. That is but, correct. But, but it goes but in the door. <laughs> it goes in the door. 
goes in the door. <laughs> that is so out. funny. That is so funny. It's like, it's just like you looked into the eyes of your friend and was like, why? And you got like, the the, the fact that you got no response was scarier than getting the like the response. You, do you know what I mean? Like it, you looked so in there and they did not have a problem with it. And that what was scary. That was what was scary to you. I think that's <laughs> why, that's why I appreciated the, the alignment chart. I was like, otherwise I would not have known what to call this person like in terms of like just what what why do they do the things they do like truly for absolutely no reason and to see what happens yeah exactly i would i would just call that creative (laughs) that's what i would call it Mm, chaotic mm. creative Ooh. Mm. depends it depends on if they're like are they putting it at an angle or is it like like sliding in like in in line with the actual the uh, with the fridge uh walls um, like is it in a way that creates actual chaos or is it just it's slotted in there it's it carelessly is the answer uh, that um, would be yeah. that would be chaotic then mm, yeah a hundred percent so like chaotic mm. neutral i've never met anybody like I never thought I would, but they exist. Yeah. <laughs> so the lesson from this episode is uh, put your milk in the door, people. <laughs> Please, for the Please. love of God. I, I <laughs> affirm your right to put the milk wherever you want, but I do ask that you be considerate of others. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and for other people's alignment needs, please put your milk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> this is imposing too much. I think you should let them put the milk in another spot as long as it doesn't impede the storage of other items. Okay, okay, okay. You're going to make one stipulation, though. It cannot be stored outside of the fridge. <laughs> Mm. Yes, we all agree that milk as long as outside of the fridge, unless it's, unless, cold. it's UH, unless it's UHT milk, or you live in like the like where yeah, you snow. have a spot where it's actually cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah, not yeah. leave it in room temperature. But do not leave it in room temperature. And for all of our like Australian listeners, uh, this is a big no. Keep it in the fridge. It's too hot do, in Australia. Do they just leave it out? No, I no. I'm just I'm just making the point that it's hot in Australia. So please oh, don't leave it. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I just what? I picked a random hot place that I can oh. think of. <laughs> You know I'm with you now. I no, was no, really confused. They, I was like, they, is that, eat, they buy they eat milk, milk like, per day? Uh, like cheese. They <laughs> eat milk like cheese. They milk just, every day. They wait for it to uh, to form a block in the yeah. sun, and then they cut it up. <laughs> Do you know what though? I think this is a great metaphor for what we're talking about in terms of like the, 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 like structure for RP. You can put the milk in the put putting the milk in the door is like using the rules as written, um, mm. and then putting the milk sideways is for all the creative DMs that like do home brewing and and like you know amalgamate things and technically it's still in the fridge so it's fine everything's Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i feel like maybe it would be too restrictive like i i can see that maybe too many rules around uh like rp would be like putting little sections in the fridge and like labeling them it says (laughs) milk and then then pouring the milk into individual containers yeah (laughs) You know what I mean? That are like one portion. On you know what I mean? Like one portion of milk. Yeah, for this like is all cereal. the milk you have for your cereal. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is for sure. And then the deck of many things is leaving your milk outside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, no, like it's it's the, the possibility. Of, you just yeah. throw the milk and you'll see what happens. Does <laughs> it get in the fridge? You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll just throw the milk the towards the fridge and see where it lands. And wherever it lands, that's where the milk stays. Even if it splits open, uh, even if it, like, pours all over someone, that's where the milk stands. Like, yeah, I love that. I, I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this just is... throw your milk. You'll see where it ends up. 
That's what the maybe honestly maybe you'll throw and it'll turn into two milks. You never know. Yogurt. Woo! Yeah. Suddenly, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll knock and it'll turn yogurt. into yogurt. Maybe it'll turn into yeah. It could also just kill you. And, and you end up, or you, also think about though just how satisfying it would be if you threw it at the fridge and it landed in the door. Oh I mean, my ooh, god! That would be impressive. That would be impressive and <laughs> cool. Fling and douche straight in. That I think we've really started cool. a new trend where you know what people used to throw the water bottles. Now the trick is to get the ah, milk into your it, fridge. Oh no! <laughs> what have we done? It's gonna. It's going to break and just end up in the vegetable drawer. Mm. Uh, and Ooh. that's no one wants milky broccoli. You know what I mean? Oh, and what if is it are we talking about like glass bottled milk or <laughs> oh, plastic cartons, cartons yeah milk? like the cotton milk or even yeah. even the do they make uh the the cardboard the huge cardboard things where the cardboard cartons where you can toss them oh, we in? get like they're not huge but they're like a yeah they get like normal sized like cartons yeah like i'm thinking cardboard-y. as opposed to the small little individual ones we used to get at school oh uh, oh they were so cute oh, oh i love those i used to love those things i yeah, actually because cartons. i, I swear in- there was sugar in those by the way because that milk always tastes it's so much better than the milk I had at home. Yeah. Like I am so sure they were, and like knowing when like we were younger, probably like there probably yeah. was sugar because we thought the sugar was just fine. Yeah, <laughs> kids, don't, it doesn't matter. Just give them as much as they want. What like, well, like I never, I thought that was some weird American thing because I grew up in Tanzania and I would only ever see it in cartoons. Like kids mm. with their lunchbox and milk in it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah, yeah, we definitely, we definitely. What do they do in Tanzania? Um, you usually just get like a cooked cooked lunch, I guess. Um, you get yeah. cooked milk. <laughs> <laughs> you just say, what? Yeah, just, they just fry it up. They just fry it right up for you. Yeah, just throw it in the deep fryer. Please don't do that in real life. <laughs> deep fried <laughs> milk. Oh no. <laughs> Although, actually, like talking about cartons of it and stuff, there are some uh, like countries. I don't know if um, I know that in Latvia back in the nineties, I meant you could get um, milk in like a plastic bag and yogurt in like a little plastic bag. You see the corner of it. Oh yeah, I think they, yeah. In Canada, they might still do it. Yeah. They, yeah, and then uh, they still have them, and you see them like like a lot in like um like Costa and like mm-hmm. um, Starbucks and stuff, where they like put they cut the corner of the bag and they put it like in a jug, like yep. they put the bag oh, in a jug wow. and they kind of pour it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that. That I didn't milk know you could, could be easier to throw. general sale though. That's like that that gives me anxiety. I'll be honest. Like people are gonna a, make a, people a bag is nowhere bags near of structured. Milk at each other. Yeah, there's nowhere near structured <laughs> enough as well. My car like, got milked. Put put the bag down a little too forcefully, you know, and forget that you put the bag of milk at the bottom of the bag or something. I mean, oh, oh, man, it always used to make me laugh. I don't know if you uh, had this in America and Tanzania, respectively, but, you know, when you used to go into the the shops, I think they have in the UK. So hopefully you'll know what I'm talking about. But have you noticed that just as you come out of the shop is like usually there's like either a little bit of a decline and there's there's those like thin drains, you know, those really thin drains that like run along. Along the side and like uh-huh. pavements and stuff. I always just think, is that for the poor, unfortunate soul that overstuffs the bag and then walks out of Sainsbury's? The bag immediately breaks and it saves Sainsbury's having to clear up after themselves because it just pours straight down and Whoa. into this drain. That <laughs> is that a so common occurrence? What, like not strong enough bags used to be. Now we've got like has, bags has, for life. We don't we don't mess this? around anymore. Mm. I've, oh yeah, I've I've been a part of this. I have overstuffed a bag myself. Oh, wow. And but and like been Wait, running to not? the door, dude. If you never overstuffed a bag, 
No. Overstuff your bags, not, my dude. Not to the point living. where it was actually like exploded. I've had no, no. bags that were overstuffed where they'd start to cr- they'd start tear. to break. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm kind of it's all smart. Yeah, yeah. break tear. You get a <laughs> yeah. little tear and like so, a bag will peek out and be like, that's, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the carton of milk, the pointy carton of milk is just like, oh, I'm getting my elbow out. Oh, I'm sticking it. Oh, oh, that's what I mean. It's like there's nothing more exhilarating than when you've got when you especially uh, like as a as a guy I'm always like yeah I'm gonna take all the shopping in at once and then like <laughs> scoop it all up and then I see one of the bags ripping and I'm like <gasps> oh, you're just running in you got a really <laughs> this is literally the Yorkie Bar commercial that we had on TV <laughs> yeah, I think there really was one it really Chocolate was wasn't for there? men we're men so, <laughs> so dumb because yeah. so yeah. I, I, I remember it used to be like wasn't he like there was a guy like trying to balance like a, a bag like on his pinky and he's trying to get yeah. his keys out and get them into the door like and it's really but it was like we've yeah. all been there as a guy I've put all my bags in the house at once and then yeah. that commercial it's so funny because he like opens the door and he's like I did this all in one she's like yeah okay it goes in the kitchen yeah, there <laughs> you go. So keep, keep going. Don't stop here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, could you imagine if it just like Yorkie not for women just came up as an advert nowadays? Like that was what it used to say. It used to be like Yorkie, like yeah. like or like for like not for women or whatever. It was like the tagline of the, the the thing. It was so funny. Know. Honestly, could you imagine? I'd be like horrified if I saw what that now. I'd be like what? Well, when I came to the UK, this was like 2012, so I, it was still like showing on TV back then. And yeah. I, um, I rem- like uh, very recently, in fact, like a month ago, I got had a Yorkie bar for the first time, and I was like, "This is awful." It's not nice. Yeah. They made it like chocolate. kind of. I don't even it's know like, what a Yorkie bar. I'm looking this up right have you now. Never I, seen when a Yorkie somebody bar says Yorkie bar, I it's think of the dog, and I'm like, it, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't taste dissimilar to just I mean, licking a Yorkie dog. <laughs> Jasper eating a lot of. Yorkie t- Yorkshire Terriers, just a it lot is of just, them. Like the problem is, it's just solid chocolate, just solid chocolate. It's too thick. It's really annoying and, it's very and hard to like, bite into. Chalky. Like yeah. I feel like they made it with the intention of not being like smooth, and it's like the exact opposite of a galaxy of galaxy yeah. chocolate. You know what oh I mean? Which gosh. is like very smooth and creamy, and you know, like I Lindor. It's very soft, and it's like, do you know what I mean? I think they tried to make chocolate. Like, yeah, they tried to make masculine <laughs> chocolate, which is just like which cocoa with oh. sugar in it. Like it's just, it's not good. Men wow. deserve. Nice, smooth, milky chocolate. Yes, um, please. Yeah, why? Is like this everybody different? else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Goodness uh, gracious. I'm just looking this up. Wow. I've never heard of Galaxy. Galaxy, not for women. Yeah, for women, not for. That'd be amazing. I don't, eat, I don't eat chocolate, so that this is all new to me. This you is just crazy. made out of it, baby. Yeah. yeah I've, I've avoided this sexism. Uh, apparently, <laughs> they dropped that in 2011. Oh, there you go. Oh. There you go. Wow. I don't know what channel oh. I was watching. Oh, to be fair, I was watching a channel called Dave, and like the the thing oh, is, oh yeah, Dave. Yeah, everyone, everyone. Yeah. I think the the joke is that they don't actually have any new TV. They just kind of do like they yeah, copy just a reruns. year and just play that for yeah. the rest oh. of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they reruns. could have been playing 2011 TV when I was there in 2012. <laughs> this is yeah. okay. I just read one notable advert for the chocolate bar showed trains arriving at York Railway Station and passing a billboard which read. Welcome to, followed by a picture of a Yorkie bar with the end unwrapped. Thus, the advert appeared to read, 
Welcome to York. Beneath was the slogan, where the men are hunky and the chocolates chunky. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather my men to be a bit chunky. I think that's like... Yeah, where the like, men are chunky where the men and are the chunky. chocolate is hunky. And oh. the chocolate... Yeah, the chocolate Excuse is hunky. Excuse me, that's fine. I need that to be alone good. with my chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, give me a second. Stop making eye contact me while I eat this, this chocolate bar. And it's, it's also not thick accurate. chocolate bar right here. It doesn't have any chunks in it. That was the whole problem. It's super boring to eat like when it was about- so, it was just like eating a brick it was like yeah. so firm and so much <laughs> that's what the chunk is that's what yeah. they mean oh, the it's actual brick the, it is one chunk, singular chunk like some, some have some have honeycomb some have nougat some <laughs> have brick <laughs> like Ooh. actual chunks we of mix brick. actual brick in with our chocolate <laughs> for real the men, men. Oh, they're so wow. strong they could just wow. eat stone <laughs> there was uh, I just wanted to give an example I don't know if mm. either of you can relate to this but uh, when we're talking about bringing shopping in all at the same time, um, at church growing up, there always used to be those metal folding chairs that you'd have to bring out for certain, not for like the big services, but for mm-hmm. the smaller things like youth stuff you'd, or kid stuff as well. You'd bring out all the little metal folding chairs, you'd sit in them, and then at the end, you'd have to put them away. And you would always see the tryhards. It was usually guys, but there'd usually also be a couple of girls doing yep. it, trying to see who can carry the most chairs at yep. one time. That was me. That was me. Like, let's try sure. and get through. You like you get to the point where you got three on each arm, and yep. it's now physically painful just to put your arms through that many chairs, mm-hmm. let alone pick them up. And then and they'd start to like slide at different angles, so like your yeah. arm was getting like twisted inside these. Me- it was bad. Mm-hmm. It, Putting was, them down, it was not healthy. You had to get help. Like people had to <laughs> aid you in getting them off your arms. It defeats so, like, the whole purpose of like looking hunky and strong if you have to get help to put them down. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, you can't unload them. You just ah, can someone get my arms out of these chairs? So uh, uh, I think this is decided that our next episode of Three Black Halflings will be on toxic masculinity, uh, <laughs> specifically as it pertains to metal chairs and chocolate bars yeah, and yeah, shopping. Yeah. Uh, only in those in those uh, aspects and avenues will we explore that. Uh, but I do, however, think this is enough of this tangent because we've been talking about this for a long time. It's like a 30 minute tangent. We just. <laughs> it's a heavy, yeah. heavy tangent. The best part yeah. is that is this was, we all feel very passionately about this. So. Extremely passionately. Yeah. Uh, Way more passionate about this than about what was the it? D&D? D&D? Whatever. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, thank you very much for thank you so much for being here, Nancy. Where can people find more of you on the Tinterwebs? Uh, on the uh, interwebs, you can the find tinterwebs. me. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, genuinely like, what my mum used to call the internet. Aww, I realized that no one else had any context for that. That's cute. It sounded like Tinderwebs. I was like, I'm not. That's what I thought. Can we find you on Tinder, Nancy? What name are you under on Tinder, Nancy? It's a secret profile. It's uh, Cat Lady Twenty Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I don't look that up. I don't know who that is. It's not oh, me. Boy. <laughs> uh, but for for me, Nancy Art Music, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at nancy.art.music. Uh, and um, I haven't got separate profiles for the Flawed Workshop podcast, but the Flawed Workshop podcast is available everywhere. Pods are cast. Um, hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. 
Um, it's going to turn into a thing. It's going <laughs> to be, yeah, no. 100%. It'll go to um, his head. I like it. <laughs> He'll forget it. He'll honestly forget it. Anything Jeremy makes up, he immediately forgets. <laughs> like every intro, outro thing, Jeremy immediately forgets. All of the out- intros and outros that we've had. Okay. <laughs> You've come I, up with them and you've forgotten forget every them. single we, one. We, like, the listeners know the common threads. We we got it. Don't worry yeah. about it. We got it. Um, Nancy is here to support Wherever Jeremy. casts are potted. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, oh, I like go. that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also including YouTube because uh, I know that not everyone has uh, like likes to go on podcast platforms because they don't typically listen to them. Um, so mm-hmm. they're also available on uh, YouTube.com uh, forward slash a bunch of insane numbers and letters because I don't have enough subscribers yet to have a custom URL. But just look up the Flawed Workshop podcast and you'll find it. Uh, amazing. I think that's the first time we've had someone drop a TikTok as well. I love that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's Made cool. me want to check out this. I'm like, ooh, what's this TikTok? What you doing with this TikTok? Three Black Halflings. <laughs> I would love to do a Three Black Halflings TikTok, but I have no idea what we would do on it. And uh, it would. It feels like the beginning of a dark road for us. So yeah. I'm, well, I'm avoiding it. The commercial it. era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok is fun. It's so, so good. And the algorithm, insanely accurate. You will be on TikTok for 10 minutes. It will pinpoint exactly what you like. You will almost definitely get a Dimension 20 short. Um, and um, yeah. It's fantastic. Jeremy, download TikTok tonight, and if you spend longer than 10 minutes without a Dimension... Like, see if you can get... T- within 10 minutes, get a Dimension 20 oh, short. I guarantee have to. That's fun. That's fun. Oh, man. Anyway, before we go further on to another tangent, yeah. uh, we will go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you mm. want to see more Three Black Halfling stuff in your life, make sure you check out the Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. You can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. What is happening? You can follow on us Titter. on on Twitter and uh, at Instagram. And Send us a teat on Twitter Titter. and Tinder. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Titbook. Um, no, definitely. Can I plug my word? Can I plug my now active uh, Twitter page? Oh yes, Jerry. I've had a, I've had a Twitter account what? for over ten years because I had to get it for a class that I was in and I never used it because we never used it for the class that class was full of unfulfilled promises but uh, (laughs) I just I just finally started doing things with it it's Jeremy Cobb one that's how long ago I've had this again (laughs) it's Jeremy Cobb one wow just follow me I tweet things sometimes yeah I saw that you tweeted the other day and it was it was very exciting the amount of characters you've played is incredible I was shocked at how many characters I've played. I didn't realize it was that many. I need to figure this out. I don't know. That's exciting. I bet I may. I, pro- I bet I probably played more characters than you have. Okay. Just looking Show at the off. number. Okay. I'm not, no, I'm not okay. even saying. I'm Weird just like brag. looking at. Anyway, so long, shy folk. <laughs> we'll settle this fight off camera. So long, shy folk from the, the, the girly chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much to Nancy. Please go and follow uh, all of her stuff online uh, and find the podcast. Um, and uh, we will see you next week. So long, so Shire long folk. Shire folk.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.